This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from.
other school leaders what's working and what's not and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, School Success Makers, welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater, and joined by a new friend out of Branson, Missouri, Catherine Jones, who is the Director of Administration at Legacy Academy there in, of course, Branson, Missouri, which I've started to learn a lot more about Branson with another guest I had on and she's friends with, and I'm like, man, and I'm supposed to be going there in March of 2023, so I'm going to be like... I feel like a Branson expert, you know, I'm going to learn all about this city. I heard there's golf courses going in everywhere there and it's the place to be. Even just this past week, Scotty was trying to, he was trying to get me to move to Branson, Catherine. He was like, yeah, I think Branson, it is such a unique place. I think we're known for like all the shows and I know we've got like Elvis impersonators and all kinds of things. But I think really what hits home with Branson is that it's a small town and a lot of our people here, you know, our faith believers and that we just have a small town community so I think that's what really speaks to Branson when people look to move here so it is a fun place to be good place for our families and you kind of know everybody so I think Scott's right you should move to Branson I told, I told him he'd have to convince my wife that would be the best I oh, think. Yeah. well that's wise that you involve your wife in that decision but I just think so many good people in Branson and just kind of as we look at just even church relationships across the board at schools, I just know I think we're all kind of on the same page of just kind of wanting to do what's best for our town and, and moving in that direction. Love it. Well, welcome to the podcast, Catherine. I'm glad to have you on. I'd love you to just kind of quick introduction of yourself, kind of how you got to also where you are today, and then we'll, we'll dive into some questions. Yeah, so I think Legacy was kind of, what's interesting about us is we kind of started out as a preschool. This pre, Our preschool has a great reputation, about 30 years kind of been in the running. And then we had our founder, Dr. Taylor and his wife, kind of said that they wanted something else for their grandbabies besides public education. And so we kind of over seven years have grown that. And so Legacy Academy comprises of a preschool of about 130 little ones. And then our academy is just about almost 90 students. And we're K through six this year. And our board is committed to a K through 12. So it's been really fun to see that evolve and grow. And then the more we dig deep into classical, it's been really amazing to see what that has done for our students. Ah, very good. Well, how is it going to be six years from now? Is it one year, one grade a year that you guys get to K-12? Yeah, so we are doing one grade at a time. And I think kind of the advice that we've been given is that's a good way to go. Just in far of staffing and numbers, it seems to be a pretty slow and steady finish to that K through 12, which is kind of what we're committed to. So as far as, you know, we've had before questions like, would you just open up high school at once? And that's a possibility as we get there. But just looking at sustainability, that's kind of worked for us. So next year will be a K through seven. Okay, very good. Well, I always have to ask this. I know we talked about Branson a little bit. I always ask the guests, if I was to visit Branson, in your opinion, because I asked Scott the same thing, but if I was to visit, what would you say, Mitchell, you got to do this when you come to Branson to experience Branson? Oh, and I don't know if Scott said this, but I think the whole Branson experience can be wrapped up in Silver Dollar City. 
I just think it's just this fun amusement park, but it's like old timey and like they sell like funnel cakes and there's all kinds of shows you can go at Silver Dollar City where the people are singing and there's plays. I think that encompasses who Branson is. Just super fun for all ages. I really think that's maybe Branson's tagline, fun for all ages. And so when you come, you'll have to make a little you know, short stop at Silver Dollar City and make sure you go there. Okay, deal. I don't think he mentioned that one because it doesn't sound familiar. What did he mention? Oh boy, now I got to go back and listen to it because I he think... Probably he probably something like the Keter Center or something on brand for us. I don't think he did. I think he told... I want to say he said, you got to go golfing. You Like if you're a golfer, yeah. you got to go try out the golf courses that the, really well, the wealthy guy's been putting in. So Yes, Johnny uh, Morris. Yeah, Big Cedar is also a pretty good attraction. They've got beautiful scenery but that yeah that would be a different kind of avenue i think both of those represent branson pretty well okay well there you go so I, I tell you i think he said when i when i come in march he's like i don't really golf but we'll have to go golf or something i was like all right I mean, yeah it is johnny morris is a huge golfer so they do have i think like tiger woods and some big names have come there so it's a pretty good golf course and it's also, Branson is also the place with the pyramid thing, right? Is that the Bass no, Pro? this Bass Pro, but I think that's in Tennessee. Springfield, which is about 60 miles from us, has like the first, I think it's like the first Bass Pro ever. But okay. the pyramid, I think, is in Tennessee. Okay. All right. I'm confusing with another story then. So very good. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I'll have to, I, I'm excited to experience Branson, Missouri one day here soon. Yeah. So. Can't wait to have you. We'll see you in March, I guess. Deal. <clears throat> well, your school, let's talk about, I'd love to just kind of just dive right into some of the questions I had for us. The challenges that you guys are kind of currently facing. Obviously, I can probably think of a couple in my head, but you probably have some that are, are not there as you guys are trying to grow and finding new grades. What are some of the challenges you guys are currently up against and how are you yeah. combating those? I'm sure like, I think with many other classical schools, hiring is always a big topic of conversation, whether it's teaching or administrators because of how specialized classical education is. So even when we look at transitioning public school teachers to a classical model, it's quite difficult because they really are worlds apart. So finding good teachers for us to teachers who are believers is also, you know, it kind of keeps making that pond of already that we're facing a teacher shortage nationally. It just kind of makes the pond that we're looking at smaller as we keep kind of going through the specific skills that we're looking for. I think what has worked for us actually and has been amazing is we've hired SFO graduates. Um, so from Scott over across town, we have two SFO graduates and actually our sixth grade teacher is also a College of the Ozarks graduate, but them having that classical background and Miss Kamara, she's our third, she just hopped right out of high school into us. But when we talk about difficult uh, grade topics like Latin and Greek and writing in cursive, she was already very well versed in that and it wasn't intimidating for her to start those topics with our students and so i think when we look forward looking at hiring you know classical grads who are interested in teaching i know we've kind of looked at the accs and them also saying you know a teaching certificate doesn't mean a whole lot sometimes when it comes to classical and those students who have gone through high school or even you know from very early on they have a lot of a, a more thorough understanding early on versus having to train you know teachers coming from a public education system not that it can't be done but i know that it can be quite difficult our founder dr taylor so he used to be a superintendent at our area schools and even 
he would tell me all the time, like, it's just so different. And he mm-hmm. was extremely wise and extremely intelligent. And it was still a transition for him to start moving into that classical model. Has that been hard for you? Obviously, you just you mentioned one yeah. of them. Teachers, finding teachers in general, I know obviously a lot yeah. of the countries struggling with that. They have to be Christian, but did, do they also have to have a classical background or will that be something you guys teach? Yeah, we prefer it. But, you know, again, I think you talk to other classical schools, there's just not a lot of people out there. I think University of Dallas is one of the few universities who actually do majors or minors in classical education. So it is kind of a very short pond. So it's not a requirement, but it's definitely a huge plus. We have had, you know, public school teachers come and teach for us. And it's just a harder transition. You really can't even compare public education to classical education. I think they're very two different animals. So obviously they are able to, but I know the transition has been a lot, you know, easier, I think, for someone with that background when it comes to the purpose and the pedagogy of what we're trying to accomplish. If that's something you've done for four or five years, the understanding is a lot easier than someone to where, you know, the way that they've been teaching and their goals are quite different from what we're trying to accomplish through, you know, the classical model. And for your role at the school as director of administration, does that fall into hiring? Like when you're talking about administration, like what is your kind of your role encompass for you? Sure. So like I was a new role, so I kind of have played many roles in our small school. I even did a stint as an interim head of school for a little bit. And my heart was really with our preschool. As far as administrators, our team is kind of small. And I think really what we've been really fortunate is the other board members who are experts in classical that kind of assist our teaching staff. As far as administrators, there isn't, I think, a specific, you know, classical education course or even, I don't know, maybe University of Dallas might have a course in leadership that kind of specializes in that. But we're kind of looking for just people who want to serve. School experience is also nice as well, just kind of regardless if you're a small private or classical school, parent communication, student events are all kind of the same. And so as far as that, I think the role that I've kind of grown into is just kind of the amount of time I've been here with Legacy. Okay. And as are you guys kind of at capacity with the grades you have? Or are you guys trying to grow as well? Is that kind of, yeah. has that been a challenge at all? It has. So that's, yeah, I would say another challenge of ours is enrollment along with kind of the recession that everyone's kind of facing in our country today is kind of parents have to figure out, you know, whether if they can't afford our tuition. So our tuition is $4,000 a year. And so especially as so many families have just been hit with inflation and just kind of, we're all kind of in a rough spot the last little bit, kind of, you know, walking that through with parents. And so this year we kind of had a little bit lower of an enrollment than we thought we would have. Our max is 18 in first grade through sixth. And then in kindergarten, we stay at 16 just because they're little. And so our middle grades, I'd probably say about K through four are pretty full. We average about 16 to 18 students. Our two founding, we call them our trailblazer classes. They're a little lower. They've got about, I think our sixth grade is 10 students. And then our fifth grade is, I believe, six or eight, kind of in those beginning when we're kind of begging people to take a chance on us. Those classes are a little bit smaller. And also, Another challenge I would say that we are currently looking at and reevaluating is how to onboard students who maybe have had a public education for several years, how to make that transition easier because it's really hard to expect them to be successful when we're putting them in a class of their peers that have already had three or four years of Latin, three years of Greek studies. That transition is sometimes too difficult and it's just not, you know, sustainable. So that's kind of something we're looking at is how can we attract older students while making their transition not impossible? Man, you read my mind because that was my next question. I yeah. wanted, when you said that, it was like, 
I've had another person on a while back that was in class school as well, and they said the transition from a student to come in in high school was very difficult to come in as a freshman, sophomore, and all their peers have been there for 10 years or nine years. And so, so you guys are kind of, have you already already dealt with that? Were these fifth graders, fourth graders? Yeah, so we've had a couple kind of on board, and I think the best thing that we realize is just being really transparent with when we are onboarding families. And so if we can get them early on, we've also, our teaching staff has offered tuition, not tuition, sorry, tutoring throughout the summer, and that has really caught kiddos up before they're in August. But I know our Board of Education is starting to look at how can we attract, first of all, because you know, I think other classical schools, we see people leaving in high school for sports or band or just bigger programs that public schools can offer and so we need to see how can we attract and so one of the strategies we're looking at is really marketing and kind of sharing with parents that our upper school so logic especially the middle school that's kind of what we're going into is really going to be a preparation phase for our students when they do move into high school and grades do matter and you know you're looking at transcripts and you're looking at college and really looking at that stage as really preparing them for that law rhetoric phase for us whether they go on to a public high school or they stay with us really kind of telling parents this is kind of the go time and this is where we're really going to be giving them those skill sets of you know how to study how to retain information how to take tests well how to prepare papers kind of that'll be our go time so that's kind of something we're looking at now on how to attract you know families who maybe haven't looked at classical or even private education until now Love it. <clears throat> okay. Well, we get to transition to one of the best parts now is what's going really good, giving you a chance to brag about your school. It could be one, two, three things, how many things you want to say, but what's going really, really good with your school right now? I think what has gone really good, and it's kind of taken us a little bit to get here, but really making sure that we are partnering with families who are like-minded. I think in the beginning, when you start off, you really are trying to sell your school, you're trying to convince parents like why they should pay thousands of dollars when we have really amazing school districts in our area. Branson is a great school district. I know so many good people who work there, Christian teachers who are amazing. So having to convince families kind of, you know, why you kind of are almost selling your soul to get enrollment. But then as the years go by and curriculum gets harder and we ask for more of our students, you really have to have like-minded parents. And so I would say over the years, we've had some families leave just because it is maybe not what they expected or they have different priorities, which is totally okay. But when we talk about our families and the current families we have, most of them, I would say, are just so bought in and invested in who we are and are committed to the success of Legacy. We just recently had the Champions Group come in and they did a pretty thorough evaluation of our lead team and our did parent focus groups and that's kind of the feedback we heard is that our parents are committed so i think our our story our brag is really our families and how committed they are to us as well love it what else anything else going really really i think and i think too with any schools our teaching staff so whether they're preschool or teaching sixth grade our I think any head of school, any administrator would tell you that we wish we could pay our staff more, but the fact that they answer that calling to serve and to pour into each student continuously, teaching is already hard, and you know, I don't think it's a secret that most 
classical schools can't compete with public school salaries. And so just to have those individuals to come and answer a very specific calling, I think is really incredible. Along with recently, we just have a very dedicated board as well who are really invested in continuing and making sure that legacy is sustainable. So I would say those are probably our strengths right now and something, a season that we're really enjoying. Well, it sounds like you guys have the foundation that you need for this next phase that you guys are going into as a school for new grades getting on. You got a bought-in board that's passionate about the school. You got parents that love what you guys are doing. So you're ready. I think it sounds like you're ready for that next phase. And as you add on grades and that's an exciting time. Do you guys have a building that can sustain that growth till 12th grade or is that a new thing that's going to be coming up in the next few years? Yeah, that's a really good question. So like I said, what is, I think, unique about our story is, like I said, we start off at preschool. So something kind of special about us is we have never had to fundraise to make payroll. Like the preschool has always offset some of our costs, which has been really amazing. But what we are currently looking is actually finalizing, closing a purchase of this new building. It used to be, of course, because we're in Branson, it used to be a theater. And so we are going to be repurposing that. It's values about $15 million and we are closing that purchase for 1.8. Really amazing story. Currently a church is there and they're looking for, you know, to move somewhere else. So we were able to, you know, kind of work with them and they've been incredible. You know, they were kind of protective of this building as well, wanting to make sure it went to good hands. And we've already moved in half of our school and are looking to move in the second half, which is our preschoolers. So we are on the cusp of starting that capital campaign in about the next year. Wow, that's exciting. You'll have to come visit. When you're here in March, you'll have to come by and see where we're at. That sounds awesome. Yeah, is that in downtown too, or is that outside? Yeah. So when you come to Branson, we have a huge Titanic museum. So you make a left, you'll see this huge boat replica. And so it is in right off the strip in Branson. And so it's actually kind of funny. We're right across probably one of the best barbecue places in town. Two of them, we have... Branson Craft Mall, that's Pick and Porch. So if you're in town, you have to go there. It's amazing. And then Dana's Barbecue is also right next to us. So it's a great location. We're really excited to be there. And it's just been a good space, especially as we look at now building those upper grades. Oh, man. And the current building you're in, is it rented, bought? You guys going to sell it? We actually just by, we were founded by First Baptist Branson in town. And so it's actually been really incredible. They've allowed us to be in this space. But as they grow and we continue to grow. So when we found this other location, we've moved half of our school over there. And so now it's just getting the other half over there. So we've loved being at FBC. They've been great hosts. Again, a lot of relationship with them is a long time ago there, you know, many pastors before kind of were instrumental in starting what we used to be called the Learning Center. So we're sad to leave, but really excited for what that next chapter holds for us. Awesome. Love it. Excited for you guys as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so as we kind of wrap up the podcast in a way, well, I always end with one of my favorite questions, which is asking the guest, what, what would you share a piece of advice? If there was a piece of advice you would share with other school administrators that are listening, what would that piece of advice be? I think my piece of advice from our experience would really be to just surround yourself with good people, whether it's your board and also staff and parents. I think just making sure that everyone is like-minded is so important because if you don't have someone on board, that can cause a lot of division, a lot of strife. So make sure that you have people who are surrounding you who are on board, who know what your mission is and are willing to kind of 
walk with you through that. The second thing I'd say is just to make sure that you stay on mission, because I know it's really easy to mission drift and go to other things, but to be really clear about that vision that you're wanting to kind of fulfill through your school. You are totally right. And I've seen that with firsthand with some schools we've talked to where they're like doing all their, they'll do things that does not align at all with their mission or they have a hard time. Like we talked about hiring teachers and stuff. I think part of that comes back to schools not having a clear mission of who are they as a school. And if I was a teacher, if I'm going to, especially if I'm going to get paid potentially less, like I want to be a part of, like I want to have a cast vision of what you're doing. Who, who are you? Why do you want me to be a part of it? And how can I make a difference? And that is going to be a huge help. So I think for us, if we had done that earlier, we would have saved ourselves a lot of heartache moving forward. And so if you're early on and we've had the pleasure of speaking with schools in the earlier stages, that's probably, you know, the like-mindedness is so important. Staff, parents, whoever you're having to make sure that that's, you know, something that we're all clear on moving forward. Good. I have a, I have a, a right hook question for you. We'll see how, yeah. how well you answer this one. So, and it's in terms of fundraising. So if you guys yeah. as a school, I know you said, hey, we've never had to fundraise. We've always yeah. been able to make enough fundraise to pay, do payroll. Do you guys do any fundraisers? And if you do, what are some of the ones that you do that are really successful that you guys have enjoyed? And has there been any flops? Yeah. So that's a great question. We actually did a little fundraiser a couple years ago, raised about $50,000. That was when we were getting ready to do uniforms. And so we really wanted to give our parents the opportunity. So they knocked it out of the park. We, our goal was 50000 We hit 50000 It paid for many uniforms for our family on top of creating a scholarship fund for new families, returning families to help pay if you know, they've had a hard year. This year, we're actually partnering. I really, I know Champions Group has been amazing. I know you were at the gathering. I feel like maybe I should invoice them for how many times. I'm just saying they're amazing. So if you're a school out there, this group does a fundraiser called Feed the Need, and we're going to be doing that in the spring, and we're super excited to do that and kind of embark with them. This will be our first time doing it, but it's been really amazing to hear those success stories come out of them, and it lines up with our missions of making disciples and exposing our students to the needs of others, and so we're really excited about doing that in the spring. I'm very excited you guys are doing that. I've heard also nothing but good things are one of our partners. We love them yeah. to death. So I'm excited that you guys are doing that as well. And that's in like then March then? Yep, it's in March. The funny thing is like Walter Kearns has, we, I've talked with Walter several years, probably like three or four years. And then just recently he put us in touch with Ed Harden and Walter has kind of been like, hey, cat, like Legacy's perfect for it. Do you feed the need? And I've just been like, oh, I don't know, Walter, like probably two or three years. And Ed comes in and Ed's like, hey, feed the need. And we're like, sure. And so we're kind of giving Walter a hard time. He put us through. He really was so dedicated. And here comes Ed. And we're like, sounds great. We'll do it. So <laughs> we love them over there. We're super excited for it in the spring. So, yeah, we'll kick off in March just in time before school ends. Okay. I was, man, I was wondering if I was going to be in Branson. I could witness one live. But it's going to be after the yeah. fact, I think. Well, we, yeah, I definitely, we'll let you know we've got, it's just, it's unique. We have, there hasn't been one in the area like that. So we're really excited to kind of be the first and hopefully this will continue to be an annual fundraiser for us. Another like kind of unique thing, cause I told you we were purchasing a theater. We're hoping too, to offset our costs. I think too, is like as a classical school, you're always wondering how can you bring in revenue without increasing tuition. And so 
with this building, there's a pretty huge theater inside. And so our city of Branson Chamber has really wanted us to maybe possibly rent those out because Branson is a huge tourist destination. And so they have church groups or homeschooling groups come out and are interested in renting that auditorium space. So that would probably hopefully be another source of revenue for us in the future. Perfect idea. I was thinking the same thing. So I think you guys should definitely take advantage of that for sure. Yes, and hopefully we will. So I think it's just a lot of exciting things with our new campus. So when you are down in March, I'll be at that conference. You really, we'd love to have you if you wanted to take a little tour of our kind of theater. That, that is now a school. Love it. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And thank Thanks you for, for dedicating your, your life to education and be, doing what you're doing there at the school. So I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and wishing you and your yeah. school nothing but the best as you guys grow here in these next six, seven years. Yeah, this Lord willing, we'll get there and we're excited too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks. Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Catherine for taking time and being on the podcast today. I love what they're doing there in Branson and I'm wishing them nothing but the best as they continue to grow and educate the next generation that's coming behind us and wishing them also nothing but the best for those six grades that they're going to be adding here in the next six years, five or six years, whatever that ends up being. Hopefully you're able to fill those classrooms and enjoy the new theater location that they are taking over. That is so incredibly exciting. So good luck to you, Catherine. You are doing awesome. And if you guys are listening to this episode and you're like, man, we also need to grow. We need to fill empty seats. I would love to hear from you. My team and I both would. You can check us out online, schoolsuccessmakers.com. That's schoolsuccessmakers.com. We specialize in helping schools grow enrollment and connect better with their families using technology. And if you guys are overwhelmed by that, that is exactly what we're here for. We take that off your plate. So you don't have to worry about it. You can worry about loving and educating and pouring into your students, which we know you're already super duper good at doing. If you guys are more of a Facebook user and you'd like to connect with us and a lot of our, our members that are in our group, you can check us out on Facebook at School Success Makers. It's a private group there. I'm personally in there and I'd love to see you in there as well. School Success Makers on Facebook, private group just for school leaders. Now we're launching this new program in January that I'd love you guys to to join and be a part of. It's called School Influencers. It's where I will personally coach a team of your students in your school to run your school's social media presence. You guys might not know this, but you have a team of little marketers at your school that are really good at taking video, writing content, taking photos, and doing things on social media that you probably don't know how to do. Well, I'm gonna give them the guidance and direction that they need to run your school's social media presence so you can have the best presence online that you guys have ever had, and you're gonna be using your students. They're gonna be learning things they haven't learned before that they can add to their resume and use for a lifetime going forward. And you guys are doing that as a school. You're pouring into your students. You're teaching them things that they need to know. This is just adding to that as well. So I'd love an opportunity to teach and pour into your students. If you want, your school can sign up to be a school influencer school with us. And you can do that on our website as well. Well, that was a fun episode. So we'll be here next week with another amazing guest as usual on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.